This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, y'all. Are y'all ready to go on uh, an adventure with Allison? This girl is definitely breaking normal. I mean, she's crazy in all the conscious ways, and she is definitely a manifester of mysticism and magic. And I actually met her in Byron Bay, Australia. Um, years ago, when we were running our tribe design there, I was looking for a, a waterproof casing, a cross pass with this girl that seemed to be vibrating at a frequency that I resonate with. I asked her where she got her waterproof case, and it turns out somehow we found out we were connected, and she was putting on a show at Patagonia about her life and preventing plastic islands in the ocean and all kinds of ridiculous adventures and this is one of the reasons I love this podcast that I've birthed this is because now when I'm traveling the world which I've been doing for pretty consistently almost 11 years now um, I, I know all these superheroes and all these different power spots and I know, I've known she has a retreat center on the shores of the big island for a while now finally in the area sure enough she's in town serendipitously enough and she's not usually in town like this so it worked out really well we got to carve out an hour and <laughs> dive deep and fly high at the Airbnb on a coffee plantation right down the road from her retreat center, which is oh so special. And it makes sense that she's oh so special if you ever get a chance to visit the place. Um, I believe it's called Hawaii Retreat on Instagram. I, I do believe that and I do believe in the debate between uh, is it genetics or environment. And what I'll say from that is that first of all, I believe your beliefs around that may be one of the most important factors. And secondly, I do believe by choosing our environment wisely, that might be what biases which genes are activated. And when you meet someone like Allison and just see that her genetic magic is fully activated and you go to her home base and you're like, if I'm going to project upon you, you might be like, oh, that makes sense. These people are so breaking normal and so cool. So enjoy the Aloha Vibes with Allison, and I will read a review. I'm so appreciating y'all's reviews. We have 105 star reviews by at the time that I'm... Uh, making this intro, and I'll read a review from a previous uh, guest, Hal Elrod, which was left on Christmas Eve as well, December 24th, 2018. He says, what a unique podcast, five stars. I met Daniel, host of the Breaking Normal podcast, in person at a mutual friend's house and immediately connected to his authenticity and heartfelt energy. Two weeks later, I was sitting down with him recording an episode of his new show, This Show. Daniel has a unique ability of getting his guests to talk about topics they don't normally talk about, which is what makes this podcast so unique and valuable for us as listeners. Highly recommend you give it a listen, and I think you'll agree. Thank you, Hal, and I agree with Hal. I mean, definitely check out the episode I did with Helm. That one has gotten rave reviews, actually life-changing for many people, and maybe people I haven't heard back from yet. So if this podcast at all is changing your life or upgrading your perspectives or even just confusing you into clarity let me know uh with a review that's the best way i think to pay respect and reverence to the gods of the internet known as algorithms so more people can uh, break away from the norms that no longer serve them and really become what they are meant to be maybe what they don't even understand yet that great yeah get that great and if you want to get more be grateful for what you have so 
dive into an attitude of gratitude while Allison and I explore some of her adventures and some ways that you can help this planet that she is so in love with. Yeah, maybe come out to Hawaii and visit her or us and maybe even see uh, a lot of the guests on this podcast in the next International Tribe Design in Austin, Texas. Check out internationaltribedesign.com for the application on that. It's going to be an epic event where I'm sure the music will be very alive. Austin, Texas is such a great place for music, and I'm looking forward to making more music with Allison someday. She's a super sweet, special mermaid. Enjoy us getting to know each other publicly even more. All right. Much love, y'all. Aloha. Yaloha ha. I am here in Hawaii with Allison Teal, um, who actually her residence for I'm not I'm gonna get the more clarity on that as we talk about it in this interview is right down the road from where our Airbnb is for the evening. And I actually ran into Allison in Byron Bay, Australia, I believe at a place called Tallow's Beach before we were running a, like our second tribe design. So this is after our tenth tribe design this time. And that was actually, I think the way I ran into you, if you can maybe recall as well, we were going to this awesome beach. I mean, this is an amazing area. Like, wallabies are running around, and it's like white sand for miles, it seems, and beach breaks and sunshine and solitude, if wanting it. Um, but I was looking for this case for my camera, and this Allison comes running down. I didn't know who she was or anything, but I was like, oh, where'd you get that case from? And then something happened there. Frank J. thought that somehow we recognized each other. Do you remember, Allison, what happened there? I mean, I guess just chalk it up to the magic of, <laughs> you know, travel. It's always amazing when you, you kind of just, I think that's the beautiful thing about travel is people always laugh, you know, when I'm back home or in Hawaii or in the U.S. and I meet someone and within five minutes of meeting them, I'm like, what's your number? Where where do you live? Because that's just with travel. You meet people on a beach and you're like, oh, you seem rad and you seem awesome. And then I had the um, my film showing at Patagonia in Byron Bay. And I remember just being like, yeah, you guys are into the oceans and travel and adventure and, and change in the world. Come on over. And then I think I told you about my phone case. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> and then I think we discovered there was mutual connections. I'm not sure if, jo- if you knew Josh and Steph at that point, but there was... I feel like the world is just so connected nowadays. It's kind of wild how... Um, yeah, somebody... I You know, you always hear like the raw bras are different things. Because we have a retreat center in Hawaii. Um, a lot of our food is, you know, local and from the land. And I think somebody had mentioned uh, you guys as the as the trio because... You know, I was also running around the world um, doing a lot of health and adventure. And so it seems, I guess, just, yeah, tribes cross, right, when when timing. But I think anybody who, who travels or, you know, um, God, you know, you just never know. Sometimes you're walking down the street and you're like, what? That's crazy. It's like those those coincidences, those synchronicities. I was right when you, the, when you said walking down the street and that's crazy. I remember vividly. I think in the last sometime last time I was in Maui running into Steven Tyler and Owen Wilson twice. What? And it was so weird because it seemed so casual. Thanks for the call. Yeah, yeah. It was so I thought of that. And then I, so back to the moment when we met there at Tallow's Beach in Byron Bay, Australia. You invited us to your filming. Let's start there because Allison has such a breaking normal story that I probably could start at any age and go forever. So let's just start at the our meeting. What was that film about? What were you doing there? Normal. <laughs> um, gosh, I mean, where to begin? 
well, when I was born, I mean, literally at, at birth, I guess, is, is where you'd almost have to begin. Um, I was given a very unique upbringing, childhood, and existence um, from day one. So it actually does relate to that film. Um, and I can and explain why. Basically, my parents are adventure photographers, companies like National Geographic and Patagonia. Um, I was that Tarzan child that was literally raised around the world. And growing up in all these remote cultures and pristine places, you know, across the globe, um, we literally would live, you know, like in a six foot by six foot tent or on the floor of a mud brick hut, um, built our grass shack, you know, it's, uh, I believe it's the only oceanfront retreat center in Hawaii now, um, but over my lifetime, we've created this Robinson Crusoe style masterpiece here in Hawaii, which you got to experience yesterday. It was fun showing you around, but um, the long-winded answer to the film is basically, you know, after a childhood of growing up around the world, um, I wanted to go to school. That was my dream. And I worked really hard and was able to get a scholarship to USC Film School. And I wanted to share my stories. And so I set back off um, as kind of an Indiana Jones type uh, adventurer to investigate myths and mysteries and legend and really share the mystery and intrigue of, of all these cultures that I grew up in. And it wasn't the skulls or the mummies or, you know, the adventures that shocked me. It was the amount of plastic that is currently um, a global crisis, actually, in our world oceans. And so I kind of shifted my focus and my quest became um, one of sharing the importance, you know, of our world waters and also uh, what's happening to it. And so I made a film um, and it, it was about Trash Island and it also tied in with this wild show that I did on Discovery Channel, um, Survival Show. And we may or may not have been naked. Oh, naked and I was one of the first um, episodes of, of Naked and Afraid. And, you know, that was where I experienced all this plastic coming ashore because I was, you know, chilling naked for a month and not much else <laughs> to do, but, you know, think I might die and see all this plastic. And so I promised that I would make a film um, to make some change. And it was touring at Patagonia and I was excited that you guys were able to come. And that was a very long answer to your, what was your film about question? <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, there's more questions. So thank you. It's all good. I'm, I, this is one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is I, it creates a nice context for me to like have a very effective and efficient and inspiring hmm. present conversation about someone I want to learn more about. And yeah. I'm like, so well, I'm, I'm excited about your long witted answers. Well, and I hope I can, you know, also translate how others can, I don't know, follow their own dreams too. You know, I think it's all about podcasts for me too. It's like as much as hearing about the person, like how can we apply it to our own life? So I guess I'm a real human too. So if anybody had any questions after this, I could help out as well on social media or yeah, I'm sure you have all the right questions well, yeah. in your book. <laughs> and I'm curious, what island, where were you at on the Naked and Afraid show? I don't know if it actually had a name. They they put us in the middle of the Indian Ocean, um, right next to the equator. It was technically the Maldives. Um, it was very intense. It was like 120 degrees when we got off the boat, and uh, it was this tiny little, you know, you imagine kind of like a Bugs Money cartoon, you know, that island with like the one little palm tree, <laughs> and uh, not much to survive on, and definitely a life-changing experience. You know, I think... I've never been to um, one of your tribe designs or 
I guess any of your of your adventures. However, I believe, you know, a lot of what happens in tribes is like vision quests. And for me, Naked and Afraid was almost like this wild vision quest or a coming of age, which I'm sure happens a lot in in what you do um, at no matter what age you are, you know, you can have these crazy like transformations. So starving and almost dying on a, on an Island stripped, you know, of everything, but all you can do is look at yourself and the issues in the planet, like the plastic and, and the person you're put there with, and you got to deal with it all and see what comes up. Like, you know, wanting to eat <laughs> crew members cause you're so hungry. Um, and it's wild what the human brain and, and body's capable of and, and what we can do you know I didn't eat for almost a month and um, barely drank water and we're strong as humans I think even more than than we even know yeah this is so fascinating to me now because the, I believe I got one, a call once about this or some sort of <laughs> recruitment about me and Deanna they were yep. re- recruiting Probably. us I believe as a couple I'm yep. not sure yeah and Deanna was just like a hard no <laughs> so I was like okay well that makes that easy I'm not really into it if Deanna's not into it at that time in my life Right, and so I'm now I'm highly fascinated about this experience. Who did you get? How did you get matched with who? Did you choose it, or how did that happen? And then, uh, yeah, what did you have to eat on the island? Like, what was what was available? Wow. Um. <laughs> no, you did not get to choose. Um, my partner wasn't the brightest coconut on the tree. Um. <laughs> he was a former recon marine, and um, I don't. I think he was very familiar with the environment. He got like second degree sunburn, I think within about an hour or third degree and couldn't walk for most of the challenge. He had a hard time and um, not to judge him, but he wasn't very kind to me until he realized that um, I was the reason he was surviving. And I have to say, though, a lot of people were like, well, why did you help him? Why did you even care? And it's like, first of all, I'm a compassionate, kind person and I'm not going to let someone else, you know, we're working together as a team. But second of all, when you're in a situation like that, I don't know if anybody's seen the movie Castaway, but um, he has that volleyball that he draws a face upon and he, he talks to it. And it's like you need someone or something there. And a lot of the show is actually shot by us. They give us these little cameras because they're not always on the island or on location. We had a monsoon hit us um, and the crew couldn't make it to the island. And so I was filming and your camera kind of becomes your psychologist and your, your therapy. Um, yeah, it's wild. You know, you, you start hallucinating and you just kind of have to get through. We ate a few coconuts that we could find, but most of them were way too high up to even think about, um, risking your life to climb and get, and some, some like these weird monstrous maggot grubs that lived in the base of rotted out coconut trees that I puked as soon as I tried to eat because I just couldn't keep them down um it was an intense experience I definitely dreamed a lot of peanut butter and pancakes um and I I have compassion for people who have severe hunger I came back you know understanding why people will do will go to great ends to feed their families and to to survive yeah, that's a man. This is uh, uh, sounds like you're in some deep waters there. And did you? What about the fishing? And that was the first thing that <laughs> came to my mind. Was that a possibility of sorts or not? What was those conditions like? Um, every time I wove a net or carved a fish hook, you know, all I would really catch was plastic. Um, it was not a conducive environment. I actually did end up catching a couple fish, but then. 
this eel ate my fish hook and there it it was I don't know how to explain it exactly without visuals but if you think of like a, a little island and then the sand goes out far 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 um off of it so it's not like there's a plethora of fish right there. It's like this sandbar almost. So you could walk way, 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 way out, and then there was just a ledge that dropped off. So without a mask or um, any way to see, to dive that deep um, and try to catch something was kind of impossible. Um, we did get a clam shell out and, you know, got like one little little bite of food off of that, but it was pretty much just praying and, and thinking and, and trying to just, um, I think humor. I learned a lot about that humor is the most important thing to pack on any adventure or survival trip because you just have to keep your humor up. And, uh, I remember the producers in, in the beginning were like, I don't understand. This has to be drama. You're like, we're discovery channel. Like the joke was, how are we going to die today? You know, that was what, what they wanted. And at the very end, um, they were so grateful because they're like, wow, it actually gave it a different feeling because we literally were almost dying. But then there was these moments of the humor and the, um, I, mean, I think it made it more real and the morale. Yeah, it's, it's trippy, right? Like, how do you push yourself to that limit? How do you know what you would, what you would do, how you would react in a situation like that? Yeah, yeah, it's a, I guess you found out for yourself. Yeah, I learned what, a couple things, how strong women are, um, in the sense that what the show, I mean, they've actually done studies on the show on Naked and Afraid to show, um, women tend to, I don't know if it's because we've been put here, you know, to bear the children and have to survive and, and keep the generations moving. If it's that guys get hangry, they get hungry within, you know, a few minutes and, um, and the brute strength isn't what can get them through. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but they've actually been, been watching and tracking it because even though, um, like even my dad said, when I went on the challenge, you know, Hey, they're not going to put you with someone who's going to, you know, not help you. It's discovery. They're professional. And, um, they didn't have any idea too. I mean, from the outside, this guy looked like he had the bronze and the muscles and, and the wherewithal, but it was really a true testament to, um, I think what women have in them right now. It's, it's a trip. And I, I personally believe from growing up in tribal societies, we need both. Like I'm all about the feminine and the masculine. I don't think we just need one. Um, but I have learned how strong women are and how, um, in, in a survival type setting like that, when you'd think that they may be, um, the, the less, you know, what's the word? Not weaker, but man, we just kind of kicked booty. It's, it's, it happened, you know, it's, it's well, amazing. I can, uh, I can resonate. Uh, I De- Deanna gave birth to Davina in our living room and wow. yeah, mm. it's like that girl, Deanna just went until she gave up. And when she gave up, Davina was already coming out. So I was like, "That's well, you did it." Yeah, you did it. And I would, I would imagine Deanna may have a higher pain tolerance than me. Yeah, hard to, you know, it's hard. It's, it's, it's a guess. It's so. just a, it's an interesting phenomenon. I don't think they were expecting that um, with with a show like this, or you know, yeah, look at girl power, man. It's it's happening across the world. Were there other people on that island with y'all? No. 
And so, and what was the objective of the show? Like, were, were y'all, were, was there a prize if you did something or? Right. Why would you want to go? <laughs> um, you know, when they first came to me with it, they pitched it to me as, do you want to do the hardest survival challenge in the history of television where we will put you and a stranger in one of the harshest environments on earth for almost a month with nothing, not even clothing. And I said, heck no, thank you, and hung up the phone. And then about a year later, after having many talks with the producers and kind of understanding that it's Discovery Channel and it's Adam and Eve and it's it's an experiment and it's a challenge and no, it's not about a prize and no, it's not a competition. And for me, that was a big thing because I think in this world, especially of reality TV, it's like, who are we going to beat? What money are we going to win? And for me, this was like personal challenge A and B, kind of a phenomenon. Like I think about it at my house in Hawaii. What if suddenly the planes or the barges or things couldn't come to the island? Who would be the people who survived? Who would be the new chiefs? Like would it would it be the person with the most money in the nicest house or would it be the person who can fish and can live off the land? And um, not to judge either one, but it is kind of fascinating when you shift your perspective and go, huh, what if we did have to survive? What would happen and what are we capable of? Yep, yep. And and that was it. There was no prize for like <laughs> other than the, the journey is the destination here. <laughs> well, as many things happen in my life and I feel like you maybe can attest to this, when you're called to do something, which I definitely was on that, um, because trust me, I went through a lot of, of contemplation on it. Um, and they've asked me to do many more since then with, you know, 60-day challenges and 45. And I've, uh, it was an incredible experience. But I, no, I don't. I think I'm, I'm good. Um, there was a certain meant-to-be-ness, and I couldn't figure out why. And I'm not sure if you've seen Hunger Games, but you know how they go and they're out in the woods and they're going after each other. And then suddenly they're flung back into the capital where they put on, you know, the makeup and the fake eyelashes and they're on these like talk shows talking about how wonderful everything is. And that was my experience where I was in this crazy vision quest, you know, hallucinating half dead um, and then flung into the Steve Har- Steve Harvey's and, you know, the talk show circuit, the Oprah's, the Ellen's. And um, at first I was like, whoa, this is kind of crazy. And then I started realizing, wait a minute, I have a platform right now. So I can either just do media and answer the same, you know, did you guys sleep together? What was it like? Answer the same questions over and over, which no, we didn't. Um, You smell really bad (laughs) by day one. Um, Or I could use it as a platform to educate through the entertainment. And I chose saving our oceans and and bringing awareness to the plastic pollution crisis we're having as um, my platform. And before I knew it, surviving naked on an island was enabling me to change global environmental laws which is pretty wild okay yeah all right yeah there's they were opening up all kinds of happy rabbit trails to explore (laughs) um i definitely (laughs) want to know about the laws that you've been a catalyst for changing or what the story is with that one and i just want to be i just want to make sure i'm clear before i move on from the show from the show's perspective, I wasn't sure. Was there like a cash prize or like Mm-mm. if you survived? No. It was more just about documenting okay. the experience publicly. Yep. It was basically 
I mean, you'll see even now with the current Naked and Afraid, because it's still a phenomenon that's going on, people will return and do it again if wow, they didn't. Wow. I'm like, you, you, you people are wild. Because um, they just want to prove that they can do it. And um, it is. It's something that gets in your brain where you kind of forget you're on a show. You forget you could leave and you just want to accomplish it. Yeah, it's pretty wild, huh? Yeah, yeah okay, so... <laughs> So it sounds like th- that. Th- so was the you're saying you saw the plastic on the shores, and that was a catalyst for this, th- from your vision quest of being on naked and afraid to change something bureaucratically or mm-hmm. with the laws about ha- something with plastic. I want to know what what did what happened there. Well, I should say what what didn't happen. Um, I because you know I sat there when I was on the island naked and starving <laughs> call it naked and starving not naked and afraid um and i thought okay earth this may get hippy dippy but if you can help me survive i will protect you and i'll come back and try to make a change i was like talking to trees and you know you're you're kind of losing it and i kept my pact and so i went back to the maldives i was the only person to ever i think uh, go film and make a film about trash island which is a place where um, plastic from all over our world is carried by ocean currents and basically comes to pollute paradise. And, you know, it's one of the biggest tuna fisheries on earth there. Um, there's five of these different gyres they're called in the world where plastic is just coming and not leaving. And it's not just like an Island sitting on the ocean. It's basically smog that covers, you know, the entire, um, ocean from the top to the sea, you know, the sea level floor. And it's not clean upable per se. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there trying to create things, which is awesome that there's a lot of awareness now. But, you know, it's estimated by 2050 there'll be uh, more plastic than fish in the ocean. It'll outweigh and outnumber fish. And it's it's getting into our bodies. Um, a study showed that 93% of Americans age 6 and older have BPA in their system, which is the plastic chemical. And now the research is showing that it's causing cancer. So it's huge. And then a lot of people are like, well, but I don't live near an ocean. Like, why does that matter? And scientist research, um, pretty much everyone agrees that 50 to 85% of our oxygen comes from the ocean, from ocean plants. So it's a kind of a big deal. <laughs> Not to mention, I mean, if you think in their survival sense, like naked and afraid, the human body can only go for about four days without water. Not not about, not like drinking the seawater, but just water in general. Um, water is life. So I went, whoa! I could I could hopefully help with this, but my strength um, is a filmmaker and showing things visually. And so I literally dove in, like, no joke, into the most gnarly, disgusting, plastic-filled waters in the world, which actually aren't that hard to find nowadays. Um, everywhere from the Los Angeles River to Tulum, Mexico. I mean, even there's even beaches on Hawaii that are you know, you, you, they look more like landfills, um, and it's scary and it's, it's coming from everywhere. And so I paddled through it with my surfboard and due to my photos and films going viral, um, yeah, I instigated the cleanup of Trash Island, um, banning the plastic bag in California. I paddled through the LA river with my pig surfboard through all the gunk that's like a few hundred yards away from, you know, the biggest popular beaches on earth. And, uh, I think the video hit like four or 5 million overnight and I had someone recently um, from one of the agencies that tracks all of that say, you know, your video statistically uh, proved that people went to vote because they watched it. 
and that you were instrumental in banning the plastic bag in California. And that kind of blew my mind. And then recently, uh, Toxic Sunscreens in Hawaii, I made a film about uh, we've lost almost half of our reefs since 2011 in the state of Hawaii. And a lot of that's due to the toxins from sunscreen, like the oxybenzone, a lot of the O words you see on the back of a sunscreen label with those big words. So I had a film on Hawaiian Airlines that was shown to everyone entering Hawaii. And after, you know, enough of, of awareness, awareness raising, um, of course, not just me alone. There's been a lot of us pioneering this here in the islands, and we never thought it would happen. And just this past July, uh, the law was passed. So it's pretty exciting that, you know, as one person, I think you can make change and just use your voice. And we have incredible connectivity now through social media, you know, global tribe for real. Like we can, we can affect change anywhere if we just bring awareness to what's happening, I think. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm so happy you're stewarding this and being a part of it. And what exactly was the law that changed most recently? In Um, Hawaii? Yeah. So basically, there is a few different toxins in sunscreens that are killing our reefs, not to mention um, they're not the best thing for your body. Um, I'm not a scientist, so I don't want to say incorrect data, but from my understanding, you know, women who rub sunscreen, like a normal one that you'd, I won't mention labels, but you know, you'd go to a store and just buy your average sunscreen. um, You rub it on the stomach of a pregnant woman and the chemicals are detected in the fetus of the baby. So like it's crazy stuff, like a drop of some of these chemicals in an Olympic sized swimming pool can kill everything in it. Like stuff that kind of blows your mind of the studies that they've been doing. And, um, the fact that we've been slathering our bodies with it all the time. And that when you swim out, it falls onto the reef and it's been basically suffocating it. And, um, you know, for anyone who's been traveling the world and noticing reefs are disappearing and that's important because a, that's the ecosystem that provides our oxygen and B um, over half the world's population depends upon fish or other, you know, food from the ocean. They're reliant on the ocean for a food source. So it's a pretty crazy thing if you think about it. Um, And again, it's not just happening from sunscreens. I'm sure, you know, plastic toxins and climate change and, um, a million, a million factors that, uh, are happening in our world right now, um, are contributing to that. But what I try to do is with my Allison's adventures, with my film series is it's really not about doomsday. I want to educate through entertainment. So I'm always having fun, whether I'm, you know, my, my surfboards are made out of recycled coffee cups. My bikinis are made out of plastic bottles. And I try to bring a, a life and an aloha like I feel like if you spread aloha all over the world then that's what makes change and not just kind of preaching that we're all gonna die which we might if we don't make change but I'm um, doing it in a fun and and exciting way um, that's what I've found I originally started out wanting to make it for kids like if Disney and Discovery had a baby that would be my my film series um, and then before I knew it I was like whoa I'm actually I'm actually changing laws. This is crazy. Like, whoa, it's beyond just inspiring and educating the future generations. Let's not wait. Let's have our current generation make change. Um, And hopefully then the next generation, you know, will follow in suit. 
Yes, yes, amen. Oh, uh, listen, woman. <laughs> listen, woman, amen. Wow. So you meant so since this is the Breaking Normal podcast, um, I trust that everyone's keeping a more BPA-free lifestyle than uh, your average statistic. But for people that are wanting to break free from those statistics of maybe having unnecessary BPAs in their bloodstream or um, back to the Mother mm. Earth uh, cell that we find ourselves celebrating in, uh, do you have any tips or strategies about that? There's a lot of solutions, and that's what's really exciting for me is I'm, I think that we can change the tides on this global plastic crisis which even i think the pope recently came out a couple weeks ago saying like this is our next big crisis and queen elizabeth is all about you know stopping plastics and it's wild you know when i started i was like come on guys i feel like i was just shouting in a room and no one was listening (laughs) and now it's a it's it's trending which is amazing and um it's pretty simple what we can do actually uh right off the bat each individual can make change with every single moment, literally. So when you go to basically single use plastics, okay, so something you use once and just throw away, whether it's a straw, a fork, a knife, a bottle, a plastic bag, it's best to use a reusable item. Um, There's lots of alternatives now, even toothbrushes, like they say that every single toothbrush you've used still exists and will for hundreds of years. But now they have bamboo toothbrushes. And so it's really about finding an alternative to plastic uh, using, you know, a metal straw. Um, Just looking around your house and being like, okay, what could I replace um, that is just going to be tossed out? And, you know, I, I take a more realistic approach to it than maybe some extreme environmentalists because, like, I mean, my cell phone cover that I'm holding right now is probably made of plastic. Like, you can't be perfect. I think you have to do what you can every day. I'm sure there's elements in every car, in the headphones that I'm wearing. Like, you, you have to do what you can do. But doing that is huge. If everyone in the world simply just didn't buy a water bottle, and you save money and time. I was just in Bali and they said that there was one million, three million, or one to three million plastic bottles sold every day. I was just in Petra in Jordan and there's no current recycling system there. And there's just bottles everywhere, even in the desert far from the ocean. Um, so yeah, single-use plastics I think are the big culprit. And then... Basically working with your local and global government organizations or nonprofits that are working to change these laws. Um, I've worked directly with like Five Gyres. It's an amazing nonprofit. Um, I have my own nonprofit on my website um, that I work around the world called Loving Nature um, to to make change. Uh, going to your council people, trying to work to get it outlawed. And find alternatives, I think, is the biggest thing. A lot of people say, well, I recycle. Not really the answer. 91% of plastics aren't even recycled. And it's kind of like we're bailing a bathtub with a tap on. So recycling isn't the answer. It's about kind of changing your ways and trying to shift into, you know, using your own to-go wear. And also, what can you do? Um, Because beach cleanups, if we just keep doing beach cleanups, not that they're bad, but if it just keeps you know, pile it up and then we clean it. Um, it's yeah. Yeah. 
I think of that Jack Johnson song. I also imagine it was made for kids. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's a great aim to make something for kids, by the way. Yeah. Um, I think the best messages sometimes are understood from everyone. Yeah. Well, I think, see, we need to think like so much bigger, though. There has to be like a shift in global consciousness, right? Because you protect what you love. So let's say that a kid grows up really loving the ocean. They probably don't want to pollute it. Just like your body, you know, if you if you learn to love yourself, you're probably going to take better care of you or your friends or your family. So that's what I try to do with my films is inspire people to fall in love with the ocean, a certain culture, a certain place. Um, and the scary part is, and the reason I brought up my upbringing is that in my short adult lifetime, we've done more damage to our world waters with plastic than in all of history combined. So that's... <laughs> you know, a very short, like six to 10 year period. Um, pretty scary. Wow. Okay. Nice. So we, we asked that we're about 30 minutes in. I feel like I now understand what your mission was and still is like still reverberating, which is so honorable. Thank you. Oh yes. I'm, I'm excited. I think we're going to make big change. You know, it's funny though, Daniel, it's like, I don't know what you set out with your mission to be, but I wanted to, you know, I was a kid that wanted to be Indiana Jones and, I still do, and I always kind of joke with my parents. I'm like, oh, God, here I go. I'm plastic girl again. Like, I never signed up for this, you know? But sometimes you just have this calling, and every time I try to do something else, all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm back at it, and I've started to realize that I think everyone is put here for a purpose. And it doesn't mean I can't do other things, but if I have a platform and I've been given this um, – kind of this special like here you go check it out you know the world has guided me to these places to show me the things that really need to be out there then why not share that and so I think for anybody listening it's kind of like as Indiana Jones I always wanted to inspire people to travel and to get out there like even if it was down the street to talk to a neighbor or you know climb a coconut tree jump in a lake um, because once you do you expand your perspective and when if you take it a step further and you travel with purpose, that's what creates success and that's what creates happiness. Yes, yes. This is great perspectives. Is everyone listening? I sure am. Travel with purpose and with meaning. That will create happiness and that will... It's not like it has to be your purpose. Like maybe I'm out there advocating for plastic, but along the way I'm discovering my own dreams and love and purpose and friends and um it opens doors too you know if you do good in the world doors were open for you and i don't mean use a cause like hey guys i want to but literally like if you want to travel and you don't have the money or the wherewithal i guarantee you if you get involved in an organization that is helping rebuild maybe in thailand after a tsunami or um you know in indonesia or different places that have had devastation in haiti before you know it, you're traveling and you're not only traveling, but you're helping and that changes your life forever. Okay. Yes. Yes. I hear you. I hear you. Um, where are you at now? Now that we've reunited, (laughs) I feel like I've kind of like fast forwarded from Byron Bay. I'm like, okay, now I understand the mission that much more clearly. (laughs) What's going on now? What's most relevant on your radar these days? Well, I'm pretty excited that I've actually 
just gotten asked to do my first TED Talk. And I went through a total freak out mode because I never realized how much work they are. Um, yeah, it's wild. I mean, it's been like months worth of its preparation and memorization and putting it into a certain time limit. And for anyone out there who's ever, you know, watched TED Talks, it's it's um, technology, education, and design, I believe. Um, hopefully I'm saying that right. I'm the coconut girl from Hawaii. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. What I've learned is that, like, again, I kind of grew up with no one around, like talking to coconut trees and, <laughs> and hanging out with monkeys, you know, in Indonesia or in the Amazon um, since my parents were, you know, wild adventurers. And now I'm getting asked to speak at these big, big things like the Environmental um, World Forum in France and, and TED Talks. And it's not only an honor, but it's also really fun to kind of step in and break the mold a bit because I'm I'm a young like server girl from Hawaii, usually amongst these scientists. And so it's like, okay, what can I bring to a TED Talk that is about my story because that's what they want but also can change the world and also be a solution and it's wild and I've literally through my travels discovered the greatest treasure on earth and as Indiana Jones I'm excited to share that I was honored um, by Time Magazine recently as the female Indiana Jones that was a big moment for me uh, since I saw you last and uh, I'm the Oprah of adventure um, by Oprah Magazine and so not I'm not saying it as a way to toot my own horn but in the sense of I've started to realize that um, I have a um, responsibility now with um, the the wonderful honor of all this this press that I've gotten, and I want to be able to share what I've found through through my adventures. And I've I've never done this speech about the greatest treasure on earth that I've found yet, and so I'm finally going to release it through this TED Talk. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I like the mystery in that. When can people anticipate on unveiling this treasure? <laughs> the unveiling. Um, well, I'm not sure how long it takes them to actually get online, but if you'd like to join me, it's in Santa Barbara, January 29th. Um, and there is tickets online if you look up the TED Talk in Santa Barbara, or you can, you can go to my social media. Maybe you can shoot it over to them. But if you're not around Santa Barbara, it'll probably be up you know, early to mid-February. Um, Allison's Adventures is where I put everything. So all my films, everything I offer for free. So around the world, I've had um, a lot of amazing experiences, and I tr tried to... So schools can share it, so anyone can watch it, so it's not something you have to purchase um, to be able to learn, learn from it all. Um, so I, I just love to, to share it that way, because you get, you get it straight from the source. Yeah. And schools will pay for content as well. Oh, I'd like that too. <laughs> if you'd like to invite <laughs> Just me. Just side note. And <laughs> I honor that uh, that abundant lifestyle yeah. of giving freely. Well, <clears throat> um, you know, I think, again, not that money is not important. Um, I think that obviously in, in this modern society and, and the way how we live, it's, it's, it's essential, um, for many things, but I think the one takeaway that my incredible pioneer adventure, you know, breaking normal parents taught me is to always live life on my trust fund, meaning I trust the funds will be there. And for me, 
that translates into trying to think of life as not like, what am I going to get paid? It's what am I doing for the world and what will it give to me in return? Because when you grow up as I did as this sort of tribal child, um, it was like, okay, I give you fish, you give me potatoes, we all survive. And I think that's maybe why a lot of people are attracted to Burning Man, for example. I've never been, but I've heard, you know, there's no money exchange there. And it's kind of this beautiful um, exchange of what we can all offer each other. And I don't know. I'm not saying that the whole society should change that way. But it is kind of fascinating. And that's one of the things that drew me to Naked and Afraid is it's not about a prize. And I think that in the greater scheme of karma, if you believe in it or what goes around comes around, that if you do good and you put out good and you try to do your your best with uh, kindness, aloha, aloha, you know, aloha. That's why I was starting everything. I'm like this white chick that's like aloha <laughs> all over the that's world. That's funny. We have that in common. Do you say aloha uh, a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's how I you typically greet my like text or emails really? or sometimes yeah when i'm saying hello it just changes your day when you write aloha you're like ha oh, that's, that's awesome that's a great word and on the oh man oh i almost slipped through the cracks uh oh he's easily he, it'll come back to you it'll come back maybe to you maybe that means there's something better coming there's something better well cuz i think a lot of people when they see your life or perhaps my life on social media they think I call it over there-itis. It's like, I want to be over there. I want to be over there. Even when I'm surfing, you know, I look down the coast, I'm like, that wave looks better. Um, or you're snowboarding, like, I think there's more powder in those trees. Let's go over there, you know, and sometimes you get stuck or sometimes you get the run of your life. And what I've discovered is that a lot of people will ask, how do I travel or how do I live a happy life? And first of all, anytime I post something on social media, nothing is ever what it seems. And I don't mean that that I'm lying. I mean it in the sense that like, even if I make a one minute film, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You're traveling and you're shooting and you're in long, exhausting days. And I love it. It fuels my soul. But these things kind of don't just happen. So A, it requires a lot of hard work if you want to travel or you want to make films or you want to do things like this. And B, it also requires taking that first step and just like diving into the unknown. And I'm sure you guys go through this a lot with what, you know, you teach or um, associate with. But it's amazing what will happen if you take that first step. Like you simply buy a plane ticket or you do something that is just a little bit different. Suddenly the universe kind of just goes, okay, we're going to help you in this direction. And that's, that's, I cannot tell you how many magical things that have happened like that like even just running into you guys and byron and suddenly you come to the patagonia screening and then you're like hey we need a place to host a tribe design and i'm like well we have this incredible spot in hawaii i know it was it was it was rented at the time but you know you never know how something will interweave in the future and that's what i've um loved watching is the magic that can unfold if you simply say yes and start in a direction if you want to be famous on Instagram, you just better start posting on Instagram. If you want to save the world, well, then what can you get involved in that, that has purpose? If you want to have a family, then, <laughs> you know, better, better start dating. Um, you know, things, you got to take steps towards it. Yeah, well, on the note of one-minute videos, Instagram steps versus – it sounds like you're doing a pretty professional shoot, but if someone honestly can just do a one-minute video, put themselves on the spot, blackout, 
don't even plan what you're going to say and see what comes through when your heart beats faster. Mm. And then post that publicly and sit with the your own judgments of guessing what other people might be responding like. That's a small step. And then that might unlock some creativity. I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I love that you're saying that. And then I remembered my divine download. Since yeah. I've been on this island, which correlates to what you're saying, for my retreat, I think my retreat takeaway was if I want something, give it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And it felt like that was when everything what you were saying there, I was like, man, that really is aligned with. God, I got to start giving people coconuts <laughs> all the time. <laughs> now I'm craving coconuts. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, giving, giving and getting gratitude. Totally. Well, and not to, not to, to, you just reminded me of something else when you said about posting, um, I'm sure that every single person listening has a desire or has something that they have created that they are either A, afraid to put out there, B, they don't think it's good enough, or C, they can't quite figure out what they want to put out. Like maybe they've written part of a book. Maybe they've done a painting. Maybe they do want to talk on camera. Maybe they've done a beautiful sculpture. Um, maybe there's some sort of um, like self-help they want. They, they want to inspire people. I don't, whatever it is. The number one thing that I've noticed is you can't hold it. You have to put it out there because I made so many films and I did so many things and I put them in a hard drive and I set them on a shelf because I just thought, okay, you know, one day I'll be Spielberg. (laughs) One day I'll make Titanic 3 and it's going to be amazing and that's when I'll put it out there. And then somebody once told me, they're like, what are you waiting for? This is, you know, social media, you got to do it. And I put it out there. And some of the reactions were great. Some weren't so great. But if you don't try, you don't learn. And even the ones that maybe weren't what I have expected have sometimes led to the best things happening, like Naked and Afraid. Like I start posting these adventure movies and that's how they found me. And they're like, oh, you look like an adventure person. I'm like, great. So now I'm an adventure person that they think wants to be naked on TV. That wasn't my, you know, I want to inspire kids. That wasn't my aim at all. And and now look what's come from that. So you have to put your art out there. You have to put anything out there. And I think that's the giving part. So you give and you give and you can't be afraid or insecure about what it is because every single person in the world has those same insecurities and those same fears. So you put it out there and then you see what happens. And after time if it doesn't work you have to shift and you know like I did a lot with a bikini around the world that was my thing I was bikini girl and plastic bottle and pink bikini and I'm kind of shifting a little out of that more into some more serious stuff but there's times for for everything that was a great that was a great chapter yeah, this is like, it's like my previous, these podcasts that are like re, are echoing. Like last night, Frank J asked me like the one piece of advice I would write on a piece of paper for Davina. And I mm. thought, I like really dialed into it and what came up was do it now. Hmm. Hmm. And that's also just kind of feels very in resonance to what you're saying that. Man, even even what people mis- uh, mistake as failure is really just information, and it's mm. it's not about how other people react mm-hmm. to me as much as about how you react to other people's reactions. This is like your our hands are on the steering wheel of this vehicle, and uh, control wisely, <laughs> choose wisely, and 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 make awesome choices that bring up more stuff so we can get 
used to choosing wisely rather than getting stuck in a pattern of making the same choices every day. So, I, yeah, I hear you. I love it. It's really cool talking to you about these topics because it, it reminds me, like, sometimes I meet people around the world and it feels like we climbed similar mountains, mm. but we may have went up different paths mm. and, it, like, we're sharing notes. Right. Right. We're stopping <laughs> under a tree like, wait, you climbed this mountain too? Hang on. Can I have some water? <laughs> Do you have any chocolate? Um, yeah. No. Well, but I also think... I don't know. I don't know what you believe on this, but I also think it's about keeping balance because a lot of people will come to me and be like, I just quit all of my jobs. I sold everything I have and I'm just going to manifest my dream. And I'm like, I don't know if that's quite like maybe balance. Like even for me, I'm, I try to keep balance with the people in my life. Like, I don't know if it's smart to just go you know, pasta to the wall, um, all out all the time, because I think having a little bit of that balance actually keeps propelling you into what you want to do. Like, for example, let's say you have a nine to five job, but you want to travel the world. Well, start going on some trips or start, uh, you know, I don't know what your theory in this, but maybe just, it's like the baby with the bathwater theory, where if you just throw everything into one area, um, and it's it's not what you expected, maybe, because expectations would be huge. You see this person on social media or you see this. Um, test things and see what works for you and keeping that that kind of balance. Because um, I don't I don't think that things just happen overnight. I think it's a lot of work. And so you take baby steps towards what you want um, and work at it. Yeah, it's like a... A cinch by the inch, hard by the mm-hmm. yard. Well, you didn't come up with, I mean, you've worked for years to do what what you do. Yeah, and what your analogy is reminding me of, which I think it'll be fun to celebrate with you. I haven't had so many people that have surfed <laughs> on my podcast, but it reminds me of like, there are people that I've surfed with that are highly specialized at having fun in certain conditions. And that's one way of surfing. And then I think there may be even a, more of my better way to surf, which would be like being able to have fun in all conditions and regardless of what it looks like to other people or calculating, you know, there's some people that'll be like, I just want to go big and I'm going to drop in on the craziest shit ever. And it's going to be amazing. And they might end up with the worst, you know, reef cuts ever, or they might get the wave of their life. And I'm not saying don't drop in big, but Maybe look at where the wind swells coming from. Like I know for a fact, Kelly Slater is almost like the most brilliant scientist I've ever met. He knows everything and he calculates. And there's a reason that he's not, you know, dead yet from huge waves. He's he's surfed because they think about it and they're not just, um, you know, like I I've done some of the I've paddled up to erupting volcanoes on my surfboard and and gone through, um, you know, the Seine River um, on my surf. I've done some really wild things, but I. I don't just do it. I, I like the just do it motto, like you're saying. Just In other words, work towards your dreams, but I, I don't want people to think, oh, yeah, just go jump off a cliff with your parachute on and hope that, you know, manifestation and magic and everything will work out um, because I, there's calculation that goes that's funny into all this. I do – We uh, tribe design in particular, I always make the disclaimer that this is sort of like uh, base jumping exactly. emotionally yeah. and socially, yeah. but physically I'm all about keeping people as safe as possible. So when like we do outdoor activities, they're usually like I, my job is to keep 
not only everyone safe physically, but dangerous emotionally, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. So I, that's that's a little bit of a twist of our events. One thing also I think my parents have taught me is that nature is the biggest teacher of all. And so that's why Naked and Afraid was powerful for me. Like if you want to heal some emotions or feel emotions or find answers, if you go even just for a walk in the park, um, you know, sometimes I go to extremes and you don't necessarily have to do that, but the answers can be found there. And, you know, you guys choose all these amazing locations around the world. And of course, connecting with other people is important, but it's amazing when you get out there and you're just like, silent for a moment and and uh nature has a lot of answers and i don't mean like actually a tree is going to talk to you i mean I, it gives yourself the time to take it in away from technology and and social media and la 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 you know all of that um and then sometimes you just gotta go to the city and run around <laughs> keep the balance yeah for sure yeah, I, th- I think like I, I do think like me and you are nature as well, and humans are nature. But that we've agreed culturally upon certain symbols, so we have we communicate with a language, which I think is not. I don't think the truth can be spoken as much as it can be pointed to through language. Mm-hmm. And whereas in, in nature, like a tree, there's none. Of, there's that. There's none of that symbology. It's like it's just the truth. Right. right. <laughs> this tree is just the truth. <laughs> when it teaches you everything, you know, you have to you have to be prepared for different things that might happen like again surfing's taught me so much it's like you have to you got to go with the flow (laughs) really you know you have to to learn how to depend upon yourself um and really look at yourself and I think in this society right now we're also sped up when we're in big cities or with a lot of people that it's hard to get that's why I came home to Hawaii and just hid out for the last bit to get my TED talk going because I have so many amazing friends and and different mentors and I value everything and I value that feedback but sometimes we have that little voice in us that knows and so sometimes I'll go for a walk or I'll you know jump underwater and go blah, 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 and then it comes to me and I'm like oh my god that's it and but that can't happen unless you give it space to happen. Yeah, tune into the frequency, folks. And on the frequency of our creative constraint of one hour, we're about seven minutes away from that. Ooh, so that's a good number. I um, I now that we've talked about the past or the present, <laughs> um, remember remembering a future. What's the future yeah. that you're remembering for yourself? I'm curious. Not ready to move to Mars yet. <laughs> Trying to protect this planet a little longer. Heard the surfing's pretty horrible up there. Um, the future? Gosh, my desires, my everything. What, yeah, what's the what's the most like um, possible? Like, what do you think the most realistically heavenly experiences that you can experience here on planet Earth for your future? What's that look mm. like, and how's that happening for you? If we're just going to fast forward a bit. Well, I mean, on a more, um, I don't want to call it like superficial level, but what I've realized that I've been able to make, I'm all about making, making change if I can while I'm here to help, you know, I grew up in a fishing village and in these cultures and in these places. And it'd be sad to me, you know, if, if the chiefs died and cultures disappear, if customs aren't passed on, if oceans are dirty, if we can't surf or swim with fish or find Nemo or, you know, if, if, if all of that disappears, um, 
it'll be sad and I don't know how much change I can make in my life, but maybe I can be one of the storytellers that can pass on these ancient legends and myths and keep things going that, that I've learned. Um, so superficially, the way that I've been able to do this is through television and through media. So I guess you could say my dream is to have, um, it sounds so cheesy, but I think my own TV show, so I'm not just preaching to the choir. I think a lot of my following so far agrees, and because that's why they follow me. They're like stoked to learn more, um, and maybe not. Maybe maybe it's all across the board. Um, I haven't talked to each one of them, but I would love to have a larger platform in that sense. Not because, oh, I want to be a TV star and be famous, but I think with um, with fame comes power of change. And I think a lot of celebrities are doing some amazing things right now, which is why people do, you know, know uh, things about the ocean or human trafficking or elephants. Um, There's so many things in the world that need our attention. And a lot of times, especially younger generations, will turn to celebrities or to, you know, prominent figures out there, to politicians. So I don't know if I really want to get into politics. So the only other option at this point um, to have that kind of bigger platform is either through huge social media followings or um, through I think the sort of dwindling television um, area that's switching more to like Netflix and Amazon. Uh, so that would be a, a huge dream for me um, to be Indiana Jones, you know, on like a quest to to educate through entertainment. Um, but then I think more on a, a heart level and a uh, the five-year-old me just I truly love adventure, like to stand on that mountain and where no one's ever stood and watch those clouds, you know, roll through where it's like a time lapse, but it's sped up just because it's the wind blowing the clouds or to dive into the ocean in Hawaii at sunset, you know, where the like the sea spray is coming and, and mixing with the palm leaves that are just like glistening at the end of the day. And it's kind of that um, that feeling when you get into untouched nature or when you sit down with some tribal elder, you know, I think we talked about different like shamans in Peru and wow, it's just, it's surreal. Um, so to be able to keep experiencing that, I think to pass it on and share it through my films, whether I get a larger audience or not, um, it just makes me so, it makes me so stoked because I'm like, well, I don't only enjoy it, but I enjoy passing it on. It's pretty fun. Well, I'm super grateful that you're here sharing your stoke. I think it's definitely rippling to eternity and beyond. Hope so. Hey, I mean, we're in this room, right? You never know what what keeps what keeps rippling and um I think it's fun. I think when kids grow up with Dora the Explorer or Carmen San Diego or Indiana Jones, um, they weren't they're fictitious characters and I'm real and I'm excited to connect with people and you know I'm I don't know if I'm an elder enough to offer advice but I'm happy to offer advice where I can or to simply um, hopefully be a pillar of inspiration and definitely it's not always easy and glamorous and I work my my coconuts off um, all the time to make things happen but um, I really think if we can you know I'll, I'll, I guess I could end with we just went to this tribe one of the last tribes on earth in the uh remote areas of indonesia 
like a six hour canoe ride after a plane ride after a boat ride after I mean we're talking out there and I sat down with the shaman the tribe and tribal elder and when I say shaman I'm not saying like medicine man that's doing you know wild drugs and throwing things and getting it's more just like these are the people of the jungle um that uh, uh for me I've focused more on um the non-altered mindsets um, in terms of, of visiting shamans and tribes like that and sat with this elder and um, asked him what the secret to happiness is and how our world can, I don't know if I don't want to say world saved, but how, you know how the world can be a better place. And he literally said one word. And of course it was in some dialect I didn't know. And so I was trying to figure out how to get it translated and finally figured it out. And it, it was kindness. And, but it went on deeper to that because their language has kind of many meanings, even for one word, but it wasn't just kindness to each other. It was like kindness to the water because it offers you life, kindness to the trees as they offer you food or kindness, you know, to this plant as it offers you certain medicine or kindness to the canoe because it carries you down the river. And I just thought that was so simple and so easy. So if we can just be kind to each other, cheesy, but true. Um, I, apparently, according to this wise elder man, that's the secret of happiness. Well, cheese is the truth, too. So <laughs> that's yeah. uh, that's beautiful. Kindness. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for reminding me to focus on kindness. And uh, I would like, right before we hit this hour mark, maybe we can share five breaking normal facts about Allison of sorts. Because you reminded me of one. Are you? Am I understanding correctly? You've never partaked in mm. uh, cannabis, alcohol, tobacco, <laughs> ayahuasca, endangered species over here. Anything like that? Is that true? Yeah, I mean, it's that. That would be a whole other podcast. But um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I guess high on life, you could call it. Um, I was raised around a lot of these cultures. It wasn't like I didn't see it. Uh, but you know. I mean, if you want to get deep into theory on that, I believe we all have a kind of a pipeway to a sort of manifestation. Um, and what I've noticed, and again, I don't judge. If that's what you do, that's what you do. It's not like I'm trying to sit here pious and being like, well, everybody who does that's wrong and horrible and they're going to die early. It's more just um, a personal thing that I've noticed. I have an insane ability to manifest things. And I guess I'd, I don't know because I haven't tested myself with being on these substances but from what I've shared with people and what they've also tried is if you're trying to manifest something in your life you're clogging that portal with other substances can block it sometimes maybe it helps with people I don't know I don't want to give everybody what they should do but that's just what I have found is that there's a certain clarity of mind that can link up with the clarity of your purpose and once that aligns it's like whoa and I, I, I can't even tell you how many crazy coincidences you can call them coincidences manifestations um, usually it takes about six months to manifest something but that's just my theory with with that and um, I don't know I've never been attracted to it to, to drinking or to to drugs I know I I went through two of the most like difficult colleges and experiences on earth never having like coffee or alcohol or or any sort of drug. So um, to me, that was normal. Yeah. Where'd you go to college? I went to UC Berkeley uh, and then oh, I went nice. to USC. Wow, that's even trippier that you haven't participated. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was everywhere. Uh, everywhere. It's funny, in college, I, I didn't ever want to participate until there was no pressure. 
and mm. to agree to disagree or to team up beyond agreement i definitely don't necessarily agree with like i would almost say the opposite like but i also think that this is my opinion that the sometimes sometimes the medicines and the poison and the poisons in the dosage and for me, it's acted more as a catalyst when I use it as a medicine rather hmm. than an escape. Hmm. But I love, I think that's so cool that you haven't done that. And especially you going to UC Berkeley and that's knowing funny. that you've traveled all yeah. around the world. And you kind of speak in a way that someone that may have used <laughs> right? lots of. People are always like, what are you on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a coconut? Um, yeah, it's just a. It's just a choice. And, you know, I mean, a lot of times, like, the shamans in Peru that I met with and talked with, it's like, well, we get our power from getting struck by lightning. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, so it's just different different strokes for different folks if you want to consider lightning a drug. or, a, You know, it's just, it's wild for um, for how people do it. But I think uh, I've, I've noticed that in our society, uh, there's been a lot more abuse of things than in maybe tribal societies where it was used. I'm sure how you're talking about for like tribal um, situations. And so again, I don't judge, but I'm just like kind of blown away by what level um, it's been taken to. And, and uh, you got to find your own, I think your own place. But I do suggest that if you are feeling like you want to change or you're trying to manifest something, try it, try going like, I think a month, I would say. And just see what happens. It's a trip. Like I've had so many people because I lead certain, you know, groups and trips like you do as well. And um, I've had people email me just like, what? You're not going to believe what happened. I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. Yep. Yep. Sometimes the most important things to do are what not to do. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. You never know. Um, five of them? Uh, yeah, is there any more? You don't even have to be five, but we I know we've hit our uh, we've hit our aim Breaking of an hour. Normal. Any other facts or like I things about you that I mean, are I different? live in a sustainable grass shack in Hawaii. That's kind of breaking. Yeah, normal. keep going. Any more? Um, well, that that definitely counts. You know, I I definitely um, <clears throat> believe in the magic of things happening, and I uh, <laughs> I. I say this with reluctance because <clears throat> it's not t- totally true of every single moment, but pretty much everyone on my Allison's Adventures team has been volunteer over the film, the spanning of my films, but not in the sense like, oh, I want everybody to work for free. It's just a trip how we've all come together and helped each other. So, you know, y- again, it's the potato and fish thing where it's like, what do they need? What do I need? And we figure it out so that we all are really excited to work on a project and it's not about what am I going to get paid? And the most magical things have come out of that. So I think that's a breaking normal thing where it's like, if you really want something in life and you don't have the money to do it, um, cause I've never had, you know, uh, funds, I've had to just figure it out. Um, it's n- sometimes it makes you closer with people and it makes their dreams come true. Cause sometimes people, that's not what they want to get paid. They want to experience a certain culture. They want to, um, I mean, I, the, the list is endless of things. I, I went to this farm in New Zealand in the middle of nowhere, and there was this cowboy there, and I wanted to make a movie. And out of the blue, it turns out his dream was to be an actor, and nobody had ever come there with a camera. And it was the most landlocked farm, you know, like in, in New Zealand, if not in the world. It was crazy. And uh, and suddenly he got to star in one of my movies that went wild viral, um, Blue Duck Station. And then went on to like be, I think, in Lord of the Rings or something. You know, so it's it's amazing if he didn't want to get paid. He was just so excited to be a part of it, and we supported each other. And so stuff like that where, yeah, breaking normal is, is uh, 
working together where where money maybe isn't the main focus again not saying it's bad i don't know there's so many breaking normals take your shoes off once in a while go walk on nature mm-hmm. um don't mm-hmm. go survive naked on an island uh try to break your everyday normal just shift it up a bit yeah i'd say mm-hmm. that i think you're inspiring people too to break normal and i think um that's another i think that's the biggest breaking normal thing that to kind of bring it here to tonight and to honor you for what you're doing and acknowledge you is I think a lot of people oftentimes don't say yes. And maybe we need, you need to be, you need to think about it. But when you're like, Hey, I've, I've started this podcast and I will do this. I'm like, yes, you know, let's do this. Let's all support each other because that's breaking normal in a world where you'd think we all need to support each other. Sadly, a lot of people don't. So what you're offering through Tribe Designs are for support for people to be able to go through their own processes by changing their lives. They then want to support your lives because you're the catalyst of that. So like you said, give and get. You need to give. You need to focus out. So if you're going through a hard time in life, I think the most important thing to do is try to focus out. How can Mm. you help the people around you and and say yes? And I think what you're doing is um, breaking normal but also putting it back together you know in a oh way. I, that's so cool you say that I, i've been thinking about the humpty dumpty metaphor yeah. and somehow fitting it into like the yep. logo of my brand and I, yeah. I just been going at let's it let's dress a while. you up and throw you off a lava rock <laughs> wall and take a picture I like oh it. that already <laughs> happened last time i came here and i had to leave the cuts didn't heal that was oh, a, yeah, yeah i had a lava thing but i feel like i i'm more mindful I, when i i remember i reminded myself when i'm here on this like new earth to be yep. mindful af yes yeah. Very mindful. <laughs> and hey, yeah. Love it. <laughs> Autofocus on my camera. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Allison, for yes. autofocusing on yes. what's your passion and sharing it um, passionately. Life aloha. And with, with the aloha. Mahalo. Uh, yes. Peace. Mahalo. Peace in, guys. Thank you. <laughs> this boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. <laughs> Aloha, everyone. I trust y'all are so enjoying these transmissions, becoming more of an an estate of awe, more in a state of joy, bliss, blessed. The attitude of gratitude is growing in you. You're becoming a magnet for unavoidable success more and more every day. So you're experiencing life in the most heavenly way you ever have now. And that it only gets better from here on out. That's my prayer for us. And that we're uh, giving our gifts generally, generously, generously. That uh, our cups are spilling over. And if we want to get something to give it. I'll probably leave this outro the same for my episodes I'm recording out here on the Big Island. Because honestly, wow. It's been a lot to keep up with, with traveling with uh, our baby and Deanna and all these different climates. Like literally someone can drive to snow, to the beach, to the desert, to valleys, to rivers, all in one day on this island. And with my ambition for adventure, it's been pretty, it's been a pretty fun opportunity to stay grounded and also prioritize this podcast and my other projects that are built around my passion if you want to team up with me right now i think our number one offering i'm most excited about is uh on february 22nd we'll launch our next tribe design facilitator training for up to 22 people that what that looks like is a month-long virtual training it's awesome life-changing i mean if you're attached to seeking affirmations for your limitations or are you looking to surround yourself with people that don't 
hold you accountable to your highest, it's probably not for you. But if you're ready to go all in on your dreams and start living like today is the best day ever, and we're not sure how many days we'll have, but we're willing to go all in in the meantime, this is for you. If you want to cultivate the art of being able to design a tribe wherever in the world you go, that you just become a, a magnet for connection and that you understand how to connect people, even if they don't agree with one another, able to uh, basically be a catalyst for heart sync over group think. If that's something you're looking for or being able to re facilitate retreats that get you paid to share your passion in a way that feels good and makes like money more clean in my opinion. I think a lot of people think money is dirty because they're trading their time doing something they don't want to do to see numbers move on their screen. And that's one of those moments I would ask you to ask how much is making this money costing me? How much is saving money costing me? And tr just to treat money as there's no shortage of it because in reality money is made up and how can something made up be scarce? So I trust all these podcasts and transmission are getting you to go all in on your dreams and passions beyond your stories around money, time, or space because those seem the cultural norms that most people are ready to break through to start living a more liberated life rather than under someone else's ploy. So if this resonates with you, go ahead and send your application in today at internationaltribedesign.com and one of our awesome team members will get back to you to explore if you're a good fit because if you are, we want you to start running retreats around the world, designing tribes based on what lights you up the most. Build the people and the places will come. And that seems to be a real reality here. While I've been out here in Hawaii, so many people want to show me their, the lands they're stewarding, the retreat centers they're building, the ideas around designing functional tribes that are thriving rather than the vicious circle of some of the cultures that are not working. It's been such an inspiring trip, and uh, I'm, I'm wanting to team up with the people that are taking the time out of their day to tune in and listen to these ideas about Breaking Normal. And if you're ready to take action, hit me up, breakingnormal.com. I trust if, if you're feeling the call, we'll see you in Austin, and uh, we'll get you trained to start facilitating your own events and maybe some even tribe designs. That's what's happening in Austin. Three people that have gone through the program are actually facilitating this event, and our intention is to show up as either supporters or a special guest, but more as a um, as experiencing the experience as an attendee, like maybe you who's listening will be. So if you're ready to celebrate life in a tribe design in one of the greatest places on earth, the greatest time to be there, I'm trusting I'll see you in my inbox or I'll see an application from you and we'll get ready to party in all the cool ways, in all the ways that make everything better. This is not like an experience of what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It's like what happens at a tribe design upgrades everything forever. Hmm. Aloha, y'all. Keep breaking normal.